0: Welcome to the Battle Royale podcast. I'm your host, Elwood Jones, and joining me, of course, is my co-host, the professor, Mr. Stephen Palmer. Hello, hello, hello. And tonight, you join us for the very final episode of the Battle Royale podcast, as endings can often come surprisingly and without warning. And tonight is one of those nights as we bring the Battle Royale podcast to an end, as we look at the final two chapters of the Battle Royale Directors' Cup. Um, chapters 22 True Friends and chapter 23 Looking Back purely for the sole reason that when we look at the final chapter there's not a lot really to discuss and it's just <laughs> a lot of footage that they tacked on the end so we decided tonight we're just going to cover everything in one go and just uh, wrap this whole project up so sorry if you were hoping for one more episode you uh, can always
1: pause it halfway through yeah I guess <laughs> yeah. so
0: but, yeah, what a journey it's been. Three interesting days spent with a class of mix of uh, dreamers, delusionals, and pure psychopaths.
1: <laughs>
0: just like every class. <laughs> <laughs> Reminds me of my school.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what every school you mean. Used to. Every school reunion is fraught with these opportunities. <laughs> yeah,
0: you'd just go in and the like teacher would just be like and just trying to separate like people fighting bare chested with each other and like occasionally <laughs> just like have enough and just like throw a gun down between us and say, You sort it out yourselves yeah. <laughs> every every
1: detention was like the deer hunter. Yeah.
0: yeah. <laughs> you got you instead of testing, we just say we've got an opening for forty two. There's forty three <laughs> of you.
1: <laughs> and, and... As,
0: as we're doing it, as the Tokyo
1: Olympics are on. Yeah. <laughs> it's a shame they didn't get that memo for that. <laughs> it could have been a very different Olympic Games.
0: PE, we were just made to run away from the from the teacher in his car. We just used to <laughs> hunt for an elephant gun.
1: Oh, dear.
0: <laughs> but, uh, yeah, as we... We join our story in in progress, as they say, because um, you staggers out of the woods to uh, Takano, who's busy doing some calisthenics. Everyone else has gone home. We have the see the helicopter lift off, and I'm not sure if they if it was a model that they used in the second shot because the first shot we see it's very much a real helicopter, and then we cut to a second shot, and it seems to have shrunk in size i'm pretty sure that's a bit of post-productions so yeah
1: <laughs> something doesn't look right <laughs> <laughs> how are they supposed
0: to fit in the chopper is what is this an army for ants <laughs> so yes the world's smallest soldiers fly off on some get in the van which is really surprising it's all sort of like how do they drive off this island
1: I was gonna say I was gonna, I was gonna say we've we learned it's an island. Maybe they've got boats because it wasn't wasn't that one of the plans. Maybe there's some boats to jump on. I yeah. don't know There are there the aspects of of the film version which don't really hold up to a lot of scrutiny as we've been talking about over the last twenty so episodes. <laughs> and
0: why stop now? Um, so yeah, the. It, it, it's whenever, now when I think of it I just think of like that old writing trait of like, I'm sure you all want to get down to writing it citing car chases in Venice so, and that was what she thought was a very witty joke, cause she said it about four times over that course and it, <laughs> yeah. it took me about the third time to get what was going on
1: because there's no roads in Venice there you go <laughs> damn fish <laughs> although that didn't stop, that didn't stop James Bond in Moonraker, if I remember rightly, <laughs> is it Moonraker where he has the a <laughs> powered that, gondolier?
0: <laughs> oh my god, I'm not sure that. Uh, I think it's. I want to say it's Live and Let it Die. He's got the like the uh, Thai version of a gondola. Yeah,
1: yeah, but I, I'm pretty certain it's Moonraker. Okay,
0: but, but could be
1: wrong write in comment <laughs> tell me i'm yeah. wrong we're not we're not going to do all the james bond film
0: next <laughs> no i'm sure there's people out there already working on that one so i'm sure i'm sure but um yeah it i Katano doing calisthenics do you think that this was a director's choice or a Takano choice
1: well you know, i um just about i i work for a japanese company i have done my entire working career. And when I started working for them, I thought I was gonna to have to do that every morning in the car park.
0: Oh, I don't love <laughs> it.
1: Uh and, 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 and the company song. No, we do have a company song. I, I don't know I don't know how it goes <laughs> because you know, because I'm not stupid. But um yes. No, I I'm pretty certain everything that Beat DeKashi did in this film, it was what Beat DeKashi wanted to do <laughs> <laughs>
0: because
1: obviously, you know, as as we've discussed before, his character isn't in the novel. His character isn't in the manga. This is a special version of other characters that is clearly beat Takashi. If he wants to do some calisthenics on a table outside a rundown school, he can do it. Right? He's earned the right.
0: He has. Um, so yeah, he basically is. They're they're chatting with our survivor, and he's brings up his girlfriend again, and it's at this point you realise that yeah he was actually you know doing this for her, as much as he's wanted to, he'd tried to convince us that it was all like a plot to lure in Shuya and uh, Nuriko, that um he did actually care about her all the while. So, so yeah, you...
1: finally a bit of truth from him, isn't there?
0: Because... I think it's mainly because he can't find a way to link it to his father.
1: Mm, yeah, it's probably, probably, yeah, probably said. I wouldn't have been surprised. When I first watched it, I was expecting him to, know, to be his father or to yeah. be his, you know, that would have been some amazing twists. But you're right, yes. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it puts... What that really is saying is, hang on a minute, if that's the case, hmm, <laughs> That that lie in the previous scene, what did that mean?
0: So, and at this point, um, Takano imagine, like realizes that his collar has been deactivated the whole time and highlights the fact that there was a hack before the game started. And he realizes that Kawada, apparently his father was also a hacker because he's managed to hack the the files to figure out how to disable his collar.
1: Yeah, you don't need to be the third man. There's been another genius hacker on the on the team all along.
0: I did think that it was all like, was he confusing with the third man? Because obviously the third man completes a hack, as we see in the film. Mm. And was he like confusing it there? But no, he wasn't actually. It was always Quada knew uh, knew what was going on and his entry back into the game, while in the manga especially, was not planned. It was because he got held back a year because of him suffering with PTSD. And then it just so happened that his class was called up in the election. So he ended, in, ended up going in for a second time and seizes his chance to really sort of redeem himself and figure out, as he said in the film, he wants to figure out what uh, Kyoko's smile was about. Which is, I used to say, one of the more weaker plots of the film.
1: As the motivations go, <laughs> it's... Uh, um. But there was probably, you know, that's probably just the way it's being explained. There's all, there almost certainly more to it. And I think that PTSD side of the things is probably more important. I don't think you'd put yourself through that just to find out what your dying girlfriend was um, potentially smiling about with her last dying breath. Yeah. Um, it probably was, uh, <laughs> obviously, it's not real. I know that. But yeah, it was more likely to be some kind of involuntary reaction to muscles, <laughs> muscle spasm or something than anything with any real meaning. But you never know what he. he he, before the show is over, he'll get his wish.
0: Um, and obviously, having his ruse has been rumbled. Um, both Shuya and Noriko burst in the room, and probably their one sort of her- big heroic moment. And they still manage to p- look like they're just sort of stumbling into the room. And Sakano oh. kind of doesn't even look surprised. It's a like it's like oh okay.
1: Hey, I think. Well, I think. I think the suggestion is he's known all along. Um, cause I'm pretty certain, well, we know that he has been tracking Noriko since minute one, like when he came and sort of saved her from Mitsuko, when he, um, got, gave her the umbrella. So I'm pretty sure he realized that her and, um, what's his name? Shoya yeah. had mysteriously been off the grid for a little bit longer than, um, than the death, the death moment. So, yeah, I, I I just assumed he knew, and that's why he told everyone to piss off because he was expecting this. And as we find out, he's somewhat invested in Noriko, even worse than we thought. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, I have to say that if you're expecting this, wonderful piece of uh, fan art, <laughs> should we say, um, in the in either the book or the manga, you'd be sorely disappointed because it doesn't exist. Hence, making us think this is another. T- <laughs> Takano moment. I, I think
1: I, I I just have this feeling. So what he does, he basically pulls out this it just takes this bit of um I don't know cloth off the wall and behind it there's a gigantic fucking painting of all the students all killing each other as drawn by a five year old <laughs> and in the middle there's Nariko as some kind of shining angel winner of the game. And I I I like to think that Kitano during the making of the film, during like you know his, the off moments in his trailer, he was sitting there doing this, and then he went to the director there and said, "I've, I've, got, I've got, I want this in the film as well <laughs> because it's just so freaking weird." And I don't, I don't know about you, but I'd have thought that somewhere at some point before this, the army side of things might have said, "This guy's a nutter." <laughs> this. Why have we had to bring this giant painting in? I think we need would've... to
0: report him. <laughs> well, I think he works on it throughout the game, so I'm sure you see it not completed like at various points of the game.
1: Oh, I think we. Yeah, may- maybe we do. Maybe and we And
0: in terms of them thinking he's a nutbag, I mean, the man just lies <laughs> on a couch all day, like eating cookies. um and, and yet, <laughs> he guess. still has this air of authority to him because you remember when that sergeant tries to steal a cookie and he gets <laughs> taken away from him. Oh,
1: that 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 that's right. And he is, you know, it's that kind of Japanese authority figure which we see throughout film and television, where basically he's shouty and won't mind kicking you in the shins, means that he retains his power. There's a hierarchy of violence, isn't it, all the time. Um, but, yeah, now this painting, I mean, how would how would you react? You know, you've just spent three days fighting for your lives. Well, to be fair, running for your lives, two of them have done fuck all. <laughs> they just survived. Mm. And to me, the guy behind all this, the guy that actually was your teacher, the guy that's literally killed your best friend, the guy that's forced all your other peers to kill each other is a is a total loon I, and and unfortunately because nariko is painted so thinly in this movie we, we never really get to find out what she thinks of this it, it you know I, I, any other film that reveal would have had some kind of exposition related to it, it would have meant something to not but it's just, the audience are just going, what the hell is that? Well he
0: does explain it, I mean he always says that out of all of them, he thought that she was, he was, she was one he wanted to win she was like the one pure spirit in the whole of this class, everyone else is just flawed and lost to um, be fair, so to speak, this, so. is,
1: this is in the days before social media I do understand making a giant canvas child like picture of her can be always fan art, as you said rightly at the beginning, but weird. But it does it does finally spur Shaya into some kind of action. He's obviously an art critic. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's is you look at this painting though, and you're sure that it, the only way I was looking at it is that the fact that Catalan was sort of like, Oh, we could do this painting and I, I can do the painting and the director's I, like I'm
1: sure I'm Convinced that's what's happened, and
0: they like, and <laughs> he's convinced them that he can paint this because he has he has many talents. Let's face it, he's a singer and a host, and he's like yeah, many people he's... in the Asian entertainment industry. And they've come to like shoot, and he's wheeled this painting out, all proud. <laughs> and they go, "What the hell is this?" It would be like, no, it would be like. I thought this would
1: be like, you know, be be, he's like Terry Wogan. Let's put it into something British people can understand. <laughs> Terry Wogan was in in this film, you know, everybody, you know, everybody knows who he is. He's a, re, a radio presenter, a racketeer, a TV presenter, just one of the most familiar faces to the public, which is what beat Kitano is to the Japanese. And I think, well, I didn't know that Terry couldn't draw. And so, and he says, yeah, I want to do it at the Eurovision Song Contest. I want to get my painting out. <laughs> yeah, there's no reason. No reason to believe he knows what makes entertainment. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> there's a fact that one of these um, children that have been horribly killed in it looks like her head has been kicked off. <laughs> it does. It's so badly placed. There's none of these, these like normally like you look at this photo and it would like all the deaths would represent deaths we see in the film but there's just a whole bunch of stuff there's a child has been impaled on a javelin yeah i would i would there's a bit
1: of me that wishes that had been the film poster <laughs> <'Cause... laughs> <laughs> yeah that would have gone down well <laughs> just it's so on the nose but it's the, it's the fact that it's just like Drawn, but yeah, it's drawn by like eight-year-olds. It's just dreadful, but also genius, and you know, a totally unexpected, disarming moment in a film full of you know violence and bad stuff going on, and and back and tragic backstories to be totally disarmed five minutes from the end by this painting. It's it's a twist that M Night Alaman couldn't come up with.
0: Yeah, I don't know you. You seen what he's done with old. <laughs> And i i've heard it's interesting <laughs> it's 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 like you certainly gave it an ending <laughs>
1: um <laughs> I can't see it, but yes there is some discussion
0: amongst my peers around it and yeah so basically why well, now he's used the power of confusion He's set himself up. He's like, you know, I'm ready to, to die. I'm ready to be, like, killed by the noble hand of the angelic Nuriko, And at the same time, despite the fact that they've been for this horrific three days, they're still hesitant to actually shoot somebody. Um, so luckily, he's got a gun, which turns out to be a squirt gun, but we only find this out once he's been, like, peppered with bullets by our trio. And again, this is probably another Decano contribution to the film. The the water pistol.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So 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 basically, he put pull, he pulls a gun on them. They shoot him down, gun him down, and as he goes down, yeah, little squirt of the water. Again, it's incredibly disarming, incredibly weird. But but in that kind of surreal way that almost makes sense. Do you know what I mean? I think mm. I think. If he, he, a bit of me thinks if the film had ended there that would have been a genius juxtaposition to everything that had gone on but no, there's more <laughs> there's more because Katano just decides to
0: keep the scenery, doesn't he? <laughs> so Yeah, I mean he's there's not enough for him to be shot and if you look closer you can see that he's not even bothering to hold his breath <laughs> He's not, yeah and um, he then gets a phone call that um, he must must take that brings him back into the land of the living it's such an important call for it doesn't, him... it, it, doesn't just, it just jumps up like nothing's happened <laughs> <It> just... <laughs> oh got to answer the phone it's like bullets normally <laughs> slow you down slightly it's kind of like in Last Action Hero when he comes out the tar pit and he's cleaning himself off with paper tissues and he's like you know tar normally sticks to people so
1: yeah yeah it's just, <laughs> he just jumps up in this you know he's obviously a fit man all the calisthenics kind of and stuff. But it <laughs> yeah, makes him phone...
0: bulletproof. That
1: bulletproof? Well, well, it doesn't. But yeah, it certainly gives you a second wind, enable you to answer that important phone call, which you're pretty sure you know who it's going to be, and you don't really want to have the conversation. But you know, got got to go the phone call to your daughter, from your daughter, haven't
0: you? Yep. Who um. Gets into an argument with her father, and he points out the fact he's never coming home.
1: Yeah, I mean his daughter, and I, there's more about her in the sequel, but fuck it now. Jesus. She, she is very much
0: like, as I said, she's the embodiment of what the government is is afraid of. She's this disrespectful child who has no respect for for adults. Um, and the fact that her father lives in fear of her. And that's, again, this is the whole reason they created the battle Royal program to, mm. to, uh, to create this extreme example of the lengths that they would go to, to maintain order. I mean, she is
1: literally an entitled little millennial. If millennials are people who come of age, in you know, or around the year 2000, I guess that's literally <laughs> what she is. And, oh my God. Yeah. What little brat. Can't stand her. Never met her, but can't stand her. Um, and, and I think he's quite glad to I mean I, I think clearly, you know, he wishes his daughter was like Noriko I hope that's all he hopes. That's that's the best outcome for that relationship. <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> um and then, you know, all three are like, Well guess our work is done. Yeah, instead. They give themselves uh they dust off their, their hands and then they head off in a boat because... Let's not forget Quadra's father was a fisherman. Yeah, he, he one, one more, you know, one more thing.
1: <laughs> but even he knows it's a joke now, right? Even he delivers that line that his father was a fisherman. Yeah, how do you know how to sail a boat? Oh, yeah, my father's a fisherman. But then he sort of turns it around and says, no, look, seriously, if you just go to a straight line, we're going to find fucking land at some point. So uh, He... um. Yeah, he does, that is the most sensible thing I've heard in this entire film. <laughs> but it's okay because there's more to that moment, isn't there? Because he goes out and says, I just need a little lie down. <laughs> I'm just going out for a while. Shackleton style, but he hasn't got very far to go. <laughs> he's on a boat. Yeah, he's, he's <laughs> only, he
0: can only go out of the cabin. The same it's way the boat can only boat. go forwards. <laughs> yeah. Because nobody's driving the boat. It has to be. It has to be highlighted. All three of our uh, our team are straight are at the boat. And I mean, this isn't. uh, I mean, if you anyone who's been on a boat knows that they don't just go in a straight line. You have to maintain them on a straight line.
1: Yeah, there's there's waves and currents and swells and things. (laughs) Yes, even if you lash, even you lash the wheel, not to move you aren't going in a straight line. <laughs> so,
0: now they've essentially stumbled into speed 2 cruise control. <laughs> um, and he's he has his, his little moments where he's sort like, I finally figured out why she was smiling. And then dies. It's <laughs> yeah. like, great, she, guys. And she, was,
1: and she was smiling because she was gasping for her fucking last breath. Yeah. Um, Is it, he, he did die very, very quickly. I assume he he's He been...
0: passes away. And yeah. we have—he gets the obviously his final thoughts read by himself, um, mm. as it was sort of like that. You know, she was amongst friends, which is harder to save with the original game because, from what we've like read and we've we've covered previously, it was basically just like a giant cluster uh, mess <laughs> of a situation, and certainly as we saw from, like, the flashback sequence, uh, it didn't look like people were being friends. No. So, um, yeah, it's, but he obviously found, found friends in Shuya and Nuriko, found a reason for redemption and to keep living, only to end up being snuffed out in the diamonds yeah, of the game. it's just, it's,
1: so. just, it's just interesting, uh, you know, he was, Clearly, he was struggling, wasn't he, when he when he when he approached Catano, and and I do I do get it, you know, he was probably operating on some kind of, uh, you know, he's probably got incredible internal injuries, and he was operating on some kind of um, adrenaline, yeah, and just I guess it, at the moment he'd given that last bit of advice to them, just keep going straight for land. Probably now the time says I've had enough. A bit like, but it was a death more akin to like. I don't know, oh yellow or something like that, like a dog, or something. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what I mean? I've saved their lives. It's now time for me to go and die. Just it—it it was a very, a very strange, I thought, for for him. But obviously, is setting up other things later on. It only really works
0: with Shoya. and. Um, hmm. I have to say, Shoya Yoriko. made a miraculous recovery. Oh, seeing, man, seeing, he was like limping around when we saw him in the woods, and he sits at like, one fight with uh, Kiriyama. And then suddenly he's like, "Yeah, do, do, do. I'm walking his,
1: again." His, his constitution is magnificent. <laughs> he's for you... so, <clears throat> for somebody who spent the whole film running away or being tended to by others. Yeah, <laughs> and having action just going on around him. Um, he he killed two. Well, he accidentally killed one person, didn't yep. he? And was part of the hail of bullets that killed Kitano. Um, yeah, his his heroism <laughs> knows no bounds.
0: <laughs> Definitely <laughs> so. his
1: constitution
0: is well, like an ox. And it's at this point that it flashes up that they are now wanted for murder by the government. And they are now wanted criminals on the run. As uh, we return to the city for a brief scene, which in the original cut is basically them... Saying how they head out to the city, Nuriko goes home and says good night, goodbye to her sleeping parents, which is believable because that's something Nuriko would do. Mm. And at the same time, she gets um, Nobu's knife that he'd stabbed Katano with, and the pair of them they head out into the night. You know, with with dreams of rebellion and
1: yeah. They seem, they seem to be walking through the streets of Hacken Harbour, with with baseball caps and outsized coats and yeah. she's gone to she's gone to get get this knife, which um, you know we'd all forgotten about. The the knife that um, I don't even sure how she got the knife that Nobu had cut the buttocks of Katana with. But there we go.
0: He dropped it. Ah, right. He dashes he, out oh, when he ran off. and he okay. stabs him and it falls on the floor and. He ba- would just walks over and starts cleaning his wound, and she picked up the knife on the floor and she kept it, as we will find out soon. Yeah. Because...
1: Okay. Yes. In the in our requiem. Yeah, so th- because
0: th- the director's cut doesn't end, give us that really nice clean cut ending. Instead, we get essentially three deleted scenes, which um... oh, which we
1: yeah, which she's already mostly populated throughout the rest of the film. You know, they like they are like. Not so much requiems. They're sort of like revisits. Let's this stuff I've I've chucked into the film. We're going to see it again, but with some extras. Yeah. yeah. He, 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 certainly, two of them give you a bit more context. Well, they all do,
0: don't they? In fact, I'm thinking about it. But yeah, we have uh, They're really just to uh, bring everything full circle. Really, I mean, the first requiem has the class playing basketball, and we get to see how they were united through sport. Um, with Shuya, of course, being the one who scores the winning basket because Shuya has to do everything. Apart from kill anybody.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I have to say, this is... I remember when we reviewed this film for the show, for the for the main show, I think I said this is my favourite bit of it because it... Although everyone else is just like... Play, well, firstly, it doesn't make any fucking sense because either they're delinquents who don't turn up for school and don't you know we've already discussed why the hell do they go on the school trip if they're not coming to lessons but not only why would the whole basket team, basketball team continue to turn up and train and therefore to be good and the rest of the school turn up and cheer them on if they don't have any school spirit so that doesn't make any sense however the genius is is that the, the camera pans and you and you and you see mitska she's there and you see just on her face, there's a smile, there's a happiness, there's a moment where she could be part of it, and then realize she's, she's not part of it, and just walks out the door. Yeah. And to me, that's just, it's just a that's a, that's a, that's the sort of thing that the director's cut, I wish had done more of. Yeah. If if he is going to do these flashbacks, you know this, this basketball match has been shown throughout the film, and and for that to be the payoff is wonderful. But I just can't help think there have been more payoffs, could more characters have been highlighted, other than Shoya and, and Mitsuko, and it just doesn't make any sense in, in 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 the setup that they're trying to set out. But I think I should have got over that
0: in about chapter two, shouldn't I? That's <laughs> <it>. <laughs> um, I into record room two, and we're still playing basketball, as this time she uh, flashes back to Nobu who says look after noriko
1: yeah and we've seen and we've seen this scene before in science it's where the basket uh, yeah. i remember the joke you made the the, the ball it, it wasn't being played backwards he just made it bounce really high but yes it sort of played backwards where <laughs> did a, you did so i just stop making it again <laughs> i didn't even remember making
0: it the first time but yeah if yeah. you found it funny i'll take credit for it,
1: it you, play, you know it's a scene played backwards because i don't think i recognized it was nobu at the time i think you might have called me out on that but yes it it just it just adds words to a scene we. Already seen where where Nobu is in this dream memory of Shaya. I think well Shaya. Did he do it when he was laying down, recovering? I can't remember when it when this when he had this memory. But yes, look after Noriko, which then gives you some reason to understand why Shaya has been constantly with Noriko at his side, and that was his whole plan from minute one. So clearly. Whether this happened or not, he feels that Shoya has told him to do so. So, okay, not not as it wasn't vital in the to be inserted in the main body of the film. It's the least important of the three requiems, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, and then requiem three, we get to see Nuriko and to <laughs> T- T- when they went out to the to a dried upstream pretty much and had ice lease. And this actually does give us a huge amount of insight into to, to Kano's character, the fact that he is not as evil as, as he may seem, and that basically it's the system... It's, a, it's really a combination of the system and the students exploiting said system that have really sort of broken his spirit over the years. And that Nuriko is really, a, in many ways, a... It, it, she's kind of like this um, reason, this glimmer of hope he sees in life. And he makes this joke about, you know, when I'm up and stand in front of you, you all look like potatoes. So I have to slap you around a bit to spread you out because, you know, child abuse is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then he like laments the fact that now, even if you get stabbed in stabbed by a student, you can't retaliate because they fire you for it. Mm. So that explains why he was so, you know, just so calm. Just went over to the water fountain and started cleaning his wound when he got stabbed in the ass by Nobu. <laughs> um, and it's also in that scene that Noriko reveals that she kept the switchblade. She keeps it in a drawer in her house. She says, and it's um, a little secret between them.
1: Mm. So, so we've seen this scene before. Noriko dreamt this scene when she was making house with um. Uh, matey boy who's just died can't remember his name um, Kawada yeah Kawada yeah that's right um, but we saw it without the vocals and this is a slightly extended version of it but yes absolutely we suddenly we get we get another nice new bit of information about Katano and explains his not his motivations but maybe some of his actions and it explains the knife which has only just been bought up, and I can't help thinking that if this scene had been a dream sequence with words back when Noriko had it, it may have worked better. It may have helped explain why Kitano was so interested in Noriko, it would have explained her getting the knife you know what this knife was that she was getting and it may have humanized katana a little bit i don't know it's just it's just weird that the all, all three of these scenes these extras are interesting and they add to characters uh, it's just weird that you had to put them in the film twice um just and and it just felt overly arty making them silent before I don't know or, or just not really explaining it but
0: it is a yeah. weird choice really to include these, these back rooms at the end of the, the yeah. extended cut I mean all the other additional footage is, is all fine and, and great but it's um, it just really doesn't do anything really
1: no, because we've because we've seen them all before. The the, the like I said, the, 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 the little bit of extra bit of Mitsuko, I'm I'm happy with the, and 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 the word having hearing the words of of Katana and Nariko, you know that that does add some depth to it. But why they're tacked on at the end? Just weird. Um, and, and I don't I don't want to call the director's cut a money grab because I don't think it was. I think um, was it actually made after the director passed away? Was it was it was it his actual director's cut or was it his son putting this together? I
0: can't remember. Um, I would need well, I think, to. Yeah, um, yeah I, would, I, I don't. And this is the thing. So I remember it, it coming because the film had been out a while, and then we got the steel book that was obviously hmm. released as the director's cut. Um... So, I I,
1: I mean... It, no, I didn't say, uh, unfortunately, uh, when the... I'm not sure it, it it really matters. It's just... I mean, you don't get a lot of director's cuts in Asian cinema, do you? I mean, it's it's not a... It's not a thing that I remember... I mean, I, I remember people like One Car Way completely redoing films, like Ashes of Time, and re yeah, going back and recutting it. But he comes from a very, you know, art house place, and he probably owns the means of production. Um but I can't think of many other versions many other films that are like that so I mean I I, I I, glad we watched the director's cut and not the original I think there's I think there's extra bits in there obviously you get more blood as well you get the CGI blood which we didn't have in the original but um, yeah they're just weird they're just they're just weird and artsy in a film that was quite bloody and action packed to <laughs> have this as a it just, it just feels a little um Bit of anticlimactic the last twenty minutes, but not it necessarily does in,
0: not necessarily in a bad way. And we end with she saying, "Run!" Um, yeah, and the the soundtrack at this point is already is out the door. It doesn't even change in like pitch. It seems completely like a an afterthought, really. Because um, the actual soundtrack does nothing to complement what he's saying. It's just playing in the mm. background, and then we get some weird indie song at the end. So, Does he say run in the normal cut? Yes. Is that how the normal yeah, film it ends, ends? It ends uh, yeah. in the normal cut because it's a throwback to his father's suicide note. Yes, of course. Um How you've got to run, Shuya. Yeah, sure. yeah just no, keep running. Sense. Yeah. Um, which luckily was information that, you know, he could put into uh into good use, so
1: Yeah. Um I mean, you know, obviously older generation in this film, their artistic skills, you either write inspirational poetry on toilet roll or you um or you draw a painting. Make draw a painting, paint a painting. As if you were five years old. Yeah. Let's not <laughs> that's not, that's not dwell because I don't want this I don't want this uh this little sub series to end on a downer.
0: <laughs> but, so yeah, um... Well, as I said, this is obviously this brings us the end. I mean, is there anything, any final thoughts on Battle Royale?
1: Um, only that, you know, obviously,
0: we, we chose
1: this film because it's a film we both enjoyed, really enjoyed. I mean, mm. you know, I think we made it our number one pick. And I don't think... I don't think... What I'm glad to report is that even though we've picked this film to death, even though, you know, we've compared it to the novel, to the manga, um... We've had some other people join in and, you know, quite clearly some of it doesn't hold up. But I think that would be true of any film. I um, mean, you know, some of our friends and colleagues are, are doing similar things to this. You know, if you not chapter by chapter, but minute by minute. And I think, I think you can easily pick anything, however brilliant. You know, you could pick The Godfather to death, right? Um, but I still really love this film. I'm not... I don't love it any less. I must, you know, over the last few months, I've must have watched it five or six more times, although often piecemeal. Um, mm. I've got a better appreciation for it now, and um, yeah, I, I think it comes out the other end fairly undiminished. What about yourself?
0: Oh, definitely so. I don't think it's lost any of its appeal, despite the fact we've broken it down into this chapter by chapter breakdown. Um, I think it's only in many ways it's been great because it's been as a way to go back and look at the manga and the and the novel, which adds so much. And there's so many so many aspects that, of the film that uh, sort of traced over that are filled out in the other the other media. So it's been great to draw comparisons. say where characters have differed, especially in the case of Katano, because we get three very different versions over the media. So. It's been fun especially to go back and, and do that and I think it just it really is a film that just still holds up. Um it's a film we're still talking about now. It's still got the same court appeal that it had in two thousand and two that it did uh that it does now. I mean it it's it's astounding obviously the fact that this is a film that came back so long ago now. In fact, this is, as I said, this is 2002 that this film first came out, or 2011 if you're in the States. <laughs> um, yeah,
1: 20 years, 20 years on.
0: But have you actually seen any of uh, Kinji Fukasaka's other films at all? Now you've caught me out now. Because um... everyone's seen this film, but very few people have seen like his other um, things. I mean, obviously he did the Japanese portions of Tora, Tora, Tora.
1: I'm just going to look up because... Hopefully you can edit this out. Because I think I have. <laughs> and I want to double check.
0: Okay. Because um, his most other notable work is The Battles of Honor and Humanity series, which if you've got Shudder or you access the Arrow player, you can watch it on there. Which is really, really, really good. Uh, it's a five-volume series. And also you've got things such as like *Dopamine Cop with Sonny Chiba which is also really good as well. So uh, if you've um, come to the end of this and you're like, Oh watch uh, watch now, you know. Go and watch Battles without Honor and Humanity. It's also where um, the new Battles without Honor and Humanity is where that song from Kill Bill came from that then where, was in every award show.
1: What did he do with Battles Honor?
0: Uh... sorry, I
1: Yes. Was he the director
0: of that? Yeah, he was the director of that and Street oh, Monster. okay. So,
1: so, spoilers. I just picked up that box set cheap and I watched the first one last week. Um, and I hadn't realised it was the same director. <laughs> <coughs> so, yes, I have and I'm going to watch four more fairly soon. Um, I get how strange because... Oh, I see why. Haha, <laughs> ignore me. I'm looking at his son's filmography, (laughs) right? Yes, because
0: his son finished off Battle Royale 2. Yes, because he unfortunately passed away. Well, um, (laughs) yeah, Kenta. But if you want to know what his contribution was to Battle Royale two, he directed one scene. Yes. Yep. Just the one, and his son finished it all off. Um, So yes, so so that's fascinating. So if um. Yeah,
1: sorry, I've, I've just outed myself as an idiot, but never mind, you're not the first. So yeah, the first Battles Without Honour and Humanity, i.e. that's what it's called, um, you know, is is really dynamic and violent and cinema verite and... it's uh, Ironically, it's wrapped up in an almost pseudo-documentary newsreel kind of approach, which is how the... F- this film kind of really starts, you know. Remember, it starts with a a, a film crew, a TV crew coming in and meeting the um, the winner of the last one. Yep. Um,
0: Who would this... turn up as one of the Wild Seven?
1: Mm. Um, but this is way more far less frenetic, far less frenetic. You know, this is somebody obviously those films were made 73, 74, weren't they? Um, 30 years before. So yes, he he's certainly changed how frenetic, you know, God, can you imagine <laughs> Battle Royale done in the same style with all those Dutch angles and things flying around, but you know what? He starts with two blokes getting their arms chopped off in, <laughs> somewhere, and that's pretty much where we ended up. So, his film career is pretty, um, pretty bookended with with violence. Although he was doing stuff way before that, but yes, I was just, I was just double checking. Um, I don't think I've seen. Yeah, he's one of those um, lot of lot of Yakuza films, which is probably why I haven't seen so much of what he's done.
0: Um, but yeah, you, know, you can obviously go off and watch the sequel, Battle Royale, to Requiem. Uh, which uh, is no, from Ricky Takeuchi playing Ricky Takeuchi. Mm. They will put uh katana on us there.
1: I I'm I'm just so not a fan of the sequel. <laughs> I just I coming soon. <laughs> I find it no. <laughs> <laughs> I find it. Oh, I don't know, just painful. Um, but on the other hand, maybe. Oh, my God. I hadn't realised there was a 20-minute extra extra cut. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> I found it dire to start with and slow and horrible. Um, but, you know, it's on all the box sets. All so there's some beautiful box sets from Arrow that have come out in the last few years. Um, I haven't got the latest, latest one, but I've got the one previously. And, you know, they've all got Battle Royale 2 on them. So it it's... It, it, it's hard to be too mean to it, because I think, um, you know, some some people might want to see the continued adventures of of people. Um but No, don't. <laughs> oh jeez. I bet you like it, don't you?
0: I don't think I think it's as unfairly beaten down by the Battle Royale fans who think we well, like went into it thinking they were gonna get more battle royale. And I think mm. The first half is is pretty great. It has a very tricky third act, and then goes into sort of a for, more on action mode for its final quarter, uh, with that weird epilogue where they're in Afghanistan. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So <laughs> the whole the whole the, the whole thing's a bit on the nose. That bit isn't it? I mean, obviously, it doesn't. You know, the, films like this where they've got a very high concept story there's two ways you can go about it you can try and just keep remaking the same film again and again hello saw um or you can try and do something slightly different with it and they you know they they do try it just doesn't make any sense and it's boring Hmm. and there's too many people in it (laughs) and this and uh I didn't need a sequel, but luckily they stopped. And I think the other thing actually doing this show has is made me even more think that there is a TV series in this, that we could, with the, with the right people behind it, we could have a nice TV show that really went into the background of some characters and could eke something out of characters that don't get show time in In the movie, like they do in the in the novel yeah. and uh, I think they do in the uh in the manga um and maybe put slightly more modern sensibility onto things but it's still a great film and and it's like i say undiminished from doing this show
0: following the that news though um as of 20, 2006, new line were in talks to do the American remake. And then obviously the Virginia Tech Massacre happened in 2007, uh, which had seriously shaken the plans for it. Um, Then obviously in 2008, The Hunger Games is released and we get a film adaptation in 2012. And while the author, Suzanne Collins, makes the amazing statement that I'd never heard of that book until my book had been turned in. Even though there are striking similarities between the work. Um, with the blogosphere, pretty much saying about tearing her a new one.
1: Yeah, I I don't... I mean... To be fair, The Hunger Games is far more of a science fiction piece and all the artifice around the, the colonies. I mean, I think she also ripped off Battlestar Galactica and all sorts of things. Um, <laughs> she took <coughs> lots of ideas from lots of places. Um, and we've had people killing people movies since since movies began probably but you know there's things like the most dangerous game and things like that um oh there's the italian one isn't there that i can't remember the name of it now but i i what well, i think she would have been better off just saying yes i know about that but it wasn't a direct influence mm. and here are 15 other things that influence me as well
0: well one of the producers roy lee um as of 2012 said that it was going to be no longer possible because of the hunger games as audiences would just see it as a copy of the games and most of them wouldn't know that battle royale came first
1: and i think sadly that's probably very true um certainly the western audience would have um would would have we would have had a lot of that yeah because people are idiots
0: well, he said that in 2012 that he was going to give it 10 years to develop a battle royale movie for the next generation, and here we are in 2021, and that means next year we may get the announcement.
1: Well, we might do, although what they look now, the now what the, the it's not the bloggers for anymore. I don't know the Twitter to film Twitter would say. Oh, it's just a ripoff of, of Fortnite. Because that's where <laughs> yeah, Battle Royale comes from. <laughs> oh, Jesus
0: Christ. Um, and back in 2012, the CW Network were in talks of turning Battle Royale into an American television show. Uh, but it never really got past the preliminary talks. So, And any further discussion has been met with de- declined comment.
1: Yeah. I, I mean, unfortunately, it's. The one place it's unlikely to become a TV show is America, because you know you're one school shooting away from having that whole production torn down. Um,
0: well, they had that I, horse racing I, drama that uh, was cancelled because nobody bothered to point out that horses die often in horse racing.
1: <laughs> yeah, and and I just I just want to add. I'd much rather there was no battle royale TV show and there were no more gun deaths in America. <laughs> I'm not saying that's the worst outcome of it of it at all, but it <laughs> <It's> would. Your <laughs>
0: TV viewing.
1: Yeah, um, but no, but I think there are other places. You know, there's, there's certainly other markets. I, I, you know, is there a market for a South Korean one? Um, where they could do like a nice 16 episode version of it, um, but again, be a bit. There'll be some lovey dovey shit going down. I don't know, or maybe it's just perfect as it is, mate. And uh, maybe we just don't need a, we don't need a remake, we don't need a TV series. Let's just go back and enjoy this, this, this film. At least, at least, um, so I can't George Lucas
0: it and make it even worse. True. And there we go. There we are. The end of our Battle Royale breakdown. We hope you've enjoyed it as much as we've enjoyed bringing it to you. And if you haven't done already, please do hit like, subscribe button so you never lose this uh, feed. And if you're following our main feed for the Asian Cinema Film Club, welcome to the family. As we will continue to be covering new films. Um, covering adding new films to our ongoing library of uh, discussions as uh, well as hopefully adding uh, new projects very soon so uh, make sure you keep a lookout for that and if you um, haven't done already also just why not leave us a rating let uh, people know what you thought of the show let us know what you thought of the show we're available on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram as well and you can check out our full archive episodes at the agencyofofilmclub.wordpress.com as well but um, as I said, this is, this is the end. And thank you for listening. And uh, until next time. Run!